From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. It is another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we're breaking down all the biggest stories in the 3A, 2A, and 1A ranks in District 3 in the state of Idaho. I'm Brandon Bainey, joined by Logan Green. Logan, uh, how you doing? You you put some miles on the vehicle last week to travel for uh, the it, game you did, well, right? Yeah, well, Paul put him on his vehicle. So, yeah, we went uh, made the trip over to Arco for Butte County and Dietrich, and I'd never been to a game there in Arco. They have a great setup there, beautiful view of the mountains. Just adding that to my um, checklist of great uh, scenes in Idaho high school football. And I think it they all come at the 3A, 2A, and 1A level. Some of the best environments around the state are at this level. Absolutely. And and you've done uh, several eight-man games this year, right? You did the eight-man classic games. You uh, did yep. that Kerry Wilder matchup. You were at uh, Butte County versus Dietrich. You're, you're going to have some eight-man games down the road, I'm sure. And that kind of ties us into what we're going to talk about tonight. Logan, why don't you go ahead and set up what we're going to do? Yeah, so we have a we have a couple of guests on today. Uh, a pretty cool um, father and daughter combo of officials in the state of Idaho, and so we'll met, welcome them in. Sierra and Jason Schultz to the program. Uh, Sierra is actually the first female official in the state of Idaho, and she's still in high school. So I just what a phenomenal. Um, story this is to have for you, Sierra, and also with her father on, who is also a, an official uh, here in District 3, no less, and they both have covered 1A games all season, and uh, it's just a treat to have them both in, so welcome, Sierra and Jason. We're glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. So, Sierra, I, I, I want to start with you. I have never been the first at anything except the first person to hit the buffet line. That's usually the only place I'm first. <laughs> So tell us how it is to be the first female official in the state of Idaho. That's pretty crazy. Um, you don't hear about it a lot. Um, so having having the opportunity has been really nice. Uh, get lots of looks, but most of them are good. And hearing from other little girls around is always my favorite part. So what what are the other girls? Yeah, it's like been fun said, to go saying to you. Uh, well, I had one. I I just walked onto the field, and she turns to her her uh, dad and goes, "That's a female. That's a that's a girl." And um, it's it's just it was great to see that that she can see how uh, other girls and other females can be in the in the football and sports areas without like in a, in a position of power, I guess, or in a in a uh, a leading role. Yeah, I started to say it's fun to see people's reaction when they realize that there's a female official, like coaches, players, parents, kids. It's it's really cool just to see their reaction. I didn't I didn't even think about that. And then when we're out there, you know, we worked some summer um, some summer stuff together the the seven on seven passing tournament and um, worked some Optimus Flex League. Uh, the last two seasons. So uh, yeah, when I went out there, it's like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but it was cool to see people's reactions. And it's been like 99, 100% positive. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody having a negative experience. I think it'd be awesome if I was if I didn't know what I was walking into and seeing you down there, Sierra. I think that's exactly straight where my mind would go. It'd be like, oh my goodness, look, uh, this is great. Uh, the more people, the more representation in different groups we can have in in football is fantastic. So uh, we're we're glad to have you, Sierra, um, especially here in our district, uh, District Three, covering games. So, so what, where, where have you been so far on the season? Yeah, so my first uh, game, first varsity game was in Notice, uh, Council versus Notice. Um, I've been to Idaho City, uh, Wilder. So a lot of, a lot of uh, hour drives from where I'm at here in Boise, but it's worth it. Yeah, that Idaho City. That's a that's not a rough place to go. It's a it's, it's a nice drive up there uh, to do that. Yeah. So you two have not done a game together, is that correct? Not a varsity game, but we have ref uh, some other games, low, low lower level. Yeah, we have one scheduled coming up together, unless the schedule changes. So that's exciting. Yeah, that would be fun. So where is that that game? Are you allowed to tell us where that future one's at? <laughs> it's at Idaho City. Okay, another drive up and the mountain. A week from awesome. Friday. Well, that's yeah. awesome. I, I think um oh. I think that's great. And and I mentioned this before, but uh last week I went to to Arco um and there was a very young official uh in this game. And, and he was learning uh, as the process went, went along. You could see the head official coming over and kind of kind of guiding him through a call and explaining uh, things to him. So have you seen that so far, Sierra, from the other officials? Have they, you know, been taking you aside, maybe explaining things, or have you actually just, you know, you you already know everything, and you actually tell them why the call is the way it is? Uh, no, I mean. A little bit, you know, I, I fresh on the rules. Um, but yes, there's been a lot of help and it's, it's been really nice to see. I think I haven't had any, any person not help me um, with anything and everything there is, even if, even if it's a tip on how to do something better, even if I did it right. Um, there's, I mean, there's so much help in district three. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not only impressive that you are uh, a female, taking on this officiating role, but you're a high school student as well. I mean, that, that alone between being a student, right. And taking care of your studies and then also picking up this, this side job, what, what made you decide to, to get into officiating? Well, for as, for as long as I remember, uh, football has been on our TV and, uh, then there was an age where I understood it and got really into it. Um, watching it with my dad and he'd tell me stories of his officiating. And then I thought uh, this past year, well, I've got nothing better to do. Might as well try it out. And I love it. We, we were actually commiserating about the Seahawks defense last year. <laughs> and we watched a video um, about their defense and she, and then the next week when we were watching the game, she's like, dad, look at this defense. And like, she totally recognized the formation. And I was like, Holy cow, that's awesome! And uh, so that's when I knew she might be a she might be a natural. Yeah, it seems like you've got a knack for it uh, there, Sierra. So, so you learned kind of from your dad, from Jason. Uh, so, Jason, can you tell us about your your experience as an official here in District Three? 
Yeah. So I've, uh, this is my 13th season, always wanted to do it, uh, never got into it. And then one day I saw a guy at Costco uh, in his, in his ref uniform, I think he just finished a game and I asked him about getting involved and he got me connected. And uh, yeah, so this is my 13th season. Um, I love it. I, I played football just two years when I was in high school and um, but I've always loved the game. And so the challenge of uh, officiating and facilitating a game um, and being around a game that I enjoy um, is the, that's the reason I got into it. And, you know, when you do something well that you love, <laughs> there's like, you go, you walk away from the field and you're thinking, man, there's nothing better. Like I, I wish this game was eight hours long, you know, um, <laughs> uh, when you don't do a good job <laughs> and you, or, you know, you're having an off night then you're that, that two and a half hours could feel like, could feel like eight hours, but you wish it was over faster. So yeah, I just, uh, I've been, uh, my whole time has been in district three and um, I do all, all levels, you know, I've, all the officials really uh, do all levels, except, you know, when you're getting started, you kind of start off at the, at the uh, 1A, 2A, 3A level. Uh, and as you get more experience, you move up um, into faster, more difficult <laughs> games, you know, so. But the nice thing is in our district, everybody does everything. So, you know, just uh, two weeks ago, I was up at Salmon River uh, for their game versus Garden Valley. I've got the Idaho City game coming up. I've done, over the years I've done, I think just about every school uh, in district three from Rimrock to, over into Oregon, Jordan Valley, and um, you know Adrian, and been to Salmon River a number of times. So, good. So, good who people. has the best? Who has the best uh, best experience? Best field fans? All that. Who? What's when you hear when you see that name on the schedule? Who are you most excited for? Yeah, that's. That's tough because every place is every place is good. But I will tell you this: the one A level schools treat you so well. Um, you know, COVID's changed a little, a, a few things. But there's schools that will feed you sometimes after the games. Uh, they always make sure you have a nice place to get dressed. Um, it's fun to go to. You know, I did homecoming at Rimrock one time, and the setting there is the sun's going down and the 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 cliffs. You know, but there by the river. Um, it was just beautiful. Uh, I went to Jordan Valley one night. Uh, they did a night game. You know, they rented lights and put lights up. Um, so that was a big deal. You know, it was just it was just a different different atmosphere. Um, but uh, yeah, they definitely the one A's definitely take good care of you. I, and then I would say just you know experience wise, there's just been some fun games. I I did the season opener last year at Homedale. Um, which was like the first live sporting event in however many days, you know, cause of COVID and it was a Thursday night. So a lot of the other coaches were there scouting and the, the whole track was lined with, uh, <laughs> with coaches and, and stuff. And so that was just a great atmosphere, but all, all these, all these uh, schools in the, in smaller towns, they take good care of you and the atmosphere is fun because the whole town shows up and, and is out there yeah. for an event, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think well, that game was against Emmett, right? That opening game for Homedale last season. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But like you, 
that's another great setting. I think Homedale, they've got the river right there. I mean, you can just take the boat to the game yeah. and hop out and, and go in the game. And there's always people tailgating there. That's, that's one of, that's a great environment right there. But I think, like you said, I think at this level of football, you, you have the entire town that shows up and it's, it's, it's a great environment at all of those places. And, uh, you, you know, yeah. with, we've seen that there is, um, a bit of a shortage right now with officials. Um, and, and to have you Sierra stepping in to be a new one and you Jason to, you know, reach out many years ago and, and stay with it has really, you know, brought, kept the game going here in district three and helped all these kids uh, continue to play and keep these seasons going strong. And so we, you know, at least from the media point of view, we're appreciative of you and doing what you do to make these sports happen, to make, um, to make the world go round really. Cause you know, our life revolves around sports mostly, but, uh, but you know, um, and, and Sierra, I know for you, like um, Brandon <laughs> mentioned, you're, you're still in high school. So you have all sorts of things going on as well. Are you, are you doing anything? Can you tell us about you? You go to Bora. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, my week is filled with schoolwork, and then I'm also one of the three drum majors for the Bora Marching Band. Um, and then on the off days, I'm not doing that. I'm doing football somewhere in the valley. So just a, just a chock full schedule for you. And are, are you planning, is this something you want to continue to do? It's not just for this year. You want to continue and eventually um, take over for your old man there? <laughs> I don't know about taking over, but I definitely want to continue. Um, I mean, I've had people say, oh, you'll be in the NFL one day. And I've been thinking that would be, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> would if, be cool. If you do make it to the <laughs> NFL, just make sure to make good calls against the Panthers. I'm a Panthers fan. So, you know, anytime you can slip in a flag there against somebody else, I'd appreciate that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, Logan, I'm glad you, I'm <laughs> I'm glad you brought up, you know, the shortage of officials because it's nationwide. And um, we, uh, Sierra was the first to do a varsity game uh, in Idaho, but we have a second female that joined this year also. So there's two females and uh, that's exciting because we haven't had, that's a whole segment of folks who are capable and able that we haven't plugged into. So I hope that this inspires more uh, women to come out and, and get involved. So. Oh yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. I think, uh, Sierra, I think you are setting an example for all these people that they see that, Oh, if, if she can do it, so can I. And I think you're going to, I think we're going to see more people do it and follow your example. And so, like you mentioned, Jason, there's still a shortage. How can people get involved today if they want to to become an official and, and work in, in sports in this aspect? Is there a way that they can get involved now? Yeah, yeah. Folks, can uh, you can contact the 3rd District Officials Association. You can just uh, Google it and find it. Or you can, uh, IHSAA can get you in touch with them. You know, all the sports, all sports, not just football, but all sports are, are short on officials. And, um, you know, like I said, it's nationwide. We were talking to some friends in Texas where like football is, you know, right below church barely. And uh, they are losing, you know, they're losing like a third of their officials um, every year. People who start, new people that start, a third of them don't continue a second year. 
And, um, and that's where, you know, that's, that's like the Mecca of, of football. So um, yeah, anyone who's interested, it's, uh, you get lots, I always joke, you get lots of help from the crowd. So it's easy to do because you get lots of advice <laughs> and, and uh, pointers. <laughs> so, Whether you want it or not, yeah, no, if, you enjoy, uh, if you enjoy, that's right. That's right. Yeah, if you like being uh, out, outdoors, getting some exercise, being around the game, and and if you enjoy kids, um, yeah, get involved with officiating uh, some sport. Jason, how do you block that stuff out? How do you block out all the chatter that's coming from the fans and the coaches and even sometimes the players? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's tough. It's tough at some schools, you know, because they're um, – at the uh, at a five A and four A, a lot of times the they have nice stadiums where there's a track and then a you know and then a fence and then the stands and they're they're so they're a bit away from the field. But a lot of times that the smaller schools, um, their facilities, you know, there's like a uh, there's a ribbon or a rope and that's all that separates the field from the fans. Um, and so sometimes it's tough, but mostly I I just keep in mind that. Um, you know, that they may not know the high school rules uh, and the exceptions, the, the differences between Saturday and Sunday rules that they see on TV that they've been watching for, for 20, 30 years. Um, they may not know the, the differences with high school. And, um, and then on top of that, it's not just about knowing the rules. It's, it's knowing how and when to enforce them, to apply them. And, and I always liken it to a police officer. Do we, do we all want police officers handing out tickets for one mile per hour over the speed limit? Because that is technically speeding, but none of us really wants that, right? <laughs> so I could probably find holding or something uh, on almost every play because these are amateurs that are still learning the game. And, um, but you don't want to see me throw 20 flags and have games that are, you know, for four to five hours long, nobody wants that. So I think a, a good official is, is knowing the, the rules and then the philosophy on application of the rules. And so when I hear that a lot of times from the fans, I, I want to turn and just explain it to them, but you can't, you can't do that. And they're, they're passionate and they're heated. You know, they're, they've, I love that they're passionate and they love their kids and, and they're standing up for their kids. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's how I do it. Um, and most of the time successfully, but every once in a while I'll, I'll say something back to a coach and then I'm thinking like, Oh, you know, I didn't need to say that, but I guess we're all human. And that's why I'm not working on Saturday or Sunday, uh, you know, on TV. <laughs> So what is one of those rules that you feel like you're always having to explain that might be different from Saturday or Sunday, but is, is different here in Idaho high school football? Yeah. I mean, one of them is uh, personal fouls are not automatic first downs. And so a lot of times you'll, you know, people uh, will, will see that we marched off 15 yards and they'll be yelling, it's a first down, it's a first down, but it's, you know, if they didn't get the line to gain, then it's not a first down. Um, so that's one that we see commonly. Another one is, um, is, you know, intentional grounding. And in high school, there is, there's, there's no throwing the ball away. There's no, uh, you know, tackle box. 
and back to the line of scrimmage. That just doesn't exist in high school football nationwide. So um, people will always yell that. And honestly, I, I mostly referee, and I, I hope that that rule changes in the next few years. I know Oregon is doing a, um, is doing a pilot this year at, with allowing uh, throwing the ball away to, you know, to, I think for safety on the quarterback, but yeah, those are two automatic first downs, intentional grounding. I think the, the five yards to have contact with the receiver, you know, the defense can hit the receiver within five yards of the line of scrimmage. That's, that's totally not a high school thing, but we, we get it. We hear it, uh, you know, almost weekly and we tell coaches all the time, Hey coach, you can't, you know, you can't do that. So yeah, that's three. No, those, those are, those are great. And yeah, I think that, you know, yeah, first and 20, uh, personal foul, it's still not a first down. I think that's, uh, I know, I know I've seen it, um, or people scratching their heads, what's going on out there. But, uh, I didn't, and Sierra, I know you haven't been around for too long, but have you had any experiences with that yet with, uh, maybe hearing it from, from people either on the sideline or in the crowd and having to tune that out? Yeah, I mean, you get that every level, no matter what. And I think it, it was a real struggle for me at first because, you know, obviously you want to turn around and tell them something back or, uh, you know, but you got to tune out and just focus on on the game in front of you and maybe the head coach, if they're, they really want to know something, you can tell them. Uh, and we're, we're pretty good about uh, managing head coach and sidelines with players. I haven't had much trouble with that but fans can be a little rowdy and you just you just have to tune it out and not think about it until later that night when you're driving home <laughs> <laughs> right right sorry I, I i keep thinking of more questions as we go so i know when i'm at a game and, and the coach and the official they have a little huddle right they might talk for a minute or so how do those conversations usually go when you're sitting there with a coach explaining something you almost never see it get reversed, but what is the purpose of that conversation? Sometimes you even see the official come over and take the time out to speak to the coach and explain something. Um, what is typically going on in one of those conversations with a coach? Yeah. Well, there's, there's could be two things. One, um, if, if we have a, if we misapplied a rule, um, then by all means, we want to make sure we get it right. So a coach can bring that up. But I would say most of the time is the coach is looking for an explanation because they don't agree with what was called on the field. So one thing, one thing we try to do, at least with my crews, is we try to tell the coach, not just, Hey, that was, you know, that's holding on number 67, but tell them what it was. Was it a bear hug? Was it a, you know, was it a takedown? Um, was it a grab and restrict so that the coach can work with the player on the sideline to um, tell him what he's, what he's doing wrong or what he needs to do differently. So, but yeah, most of the time they're, they want an explanation because uh, the way they saw it was different than how the officials saw it. And sometimes they say, Oh, okay. And then sometimes they say, no, you guys missed it. And sometimes I say, yeah, maybe we missed it, coach. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes we do miss it, uh, but a lot of the times we just um, – we have a different perspective, different view of the game from 15, 20 feet away versus, you know, 30 yards. So, And watching for different things. I mean, 
a coach isn't specifically widening their view, watching for holding and PI. They're watching their the ball um, usually, or yeah. if a if a play breaks or what the deep what their defense is doing. So there's there's two different perspectives, and a lot of times you have to talk about who saw what where. It's interesting because the coach knows what's going to happen on the play, right? The coach called the play, so they know what they know where to look and what what to look for because they know what's coming. But the officials don't know what the play is, so we have to, you know, just have to rely on our training. Look, you know, take our keys, uh, focus on our area of responsibility after the snap, and um, you know, there may be a hold, but if it's on the opposite side of the line from where the runner just went, it's not at the point of attack, then we may not call that because it really had no bearing on the play. It didn't create an advantage. Technically, was it a hold? Um, maybe, yeah, probably, but, and I'm not going to watch that guy way out there when I, when the, when the ball carrier is going the opposite direction. So things like that. And coaches are getting better about understanding it. And, um, and you're even seeing that on TV though, you know, if you starting last year, even on Sundays with the NFL, they really started focusing on, uh, on some of that stuff, point of attack and, and things like that. So we, we call it, uh, officiating in the gray versus black and white. And I, I mean, that's something I had never thought of that you just mentioned right there, that the coach knows what's going to happen and where, where it's going to go. And they know right where to look. And yeah, coming from at least also from a, a broadcaster perspective and then from an official perspective, we're all just trying to figure out what's going on as it happens uh, while they know exactly what's happening. So that's a great point. I never thought of um, personally. Um so yeah, I appreciate that uh, little tidbit. But uh, fine, we'll, we'll wrap things up with you guys and let you go here. Uh, but I just wanted to ask one final question of each of you: If you could let the fan out there in the stands know one thing, you know, we see you right here that you're a real people with real lives that live in a real house with yeah. real feelings, and you're not just these robotic people in stripes out there that are out to to harm everybody. But you're you're good people that are that are just out there enjoying your time. So if you could tell everybody out there just one thing, what would it be? Um, I'd say if you, if you have any small amount of want to do something to just go for it, cause you never know where you'll end up. Um, and, uh, yeah, just do whatever you think is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say on the, you know, on the officiating side, um, when I think about all the guys, uh, all the people, sorry, <laughs> this is an adjustment for everybody. You know, we'll go to uh, I mean, like schools now and need to have two locker rooms for dressing, you know, things like that. Um, even at some of our training meetings, you know, they didn't unlock the women's restroom. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, everybody's got to get into this new, <laughs> this new uh, way of thinking. Um, so, um, Oh, now I forgot what I was what I was talking what I was thinking about. Oh, you know the guys and gals were normal people. We don't have when I think of all the people in the association, I don't think there's any really that have kids that play football on any teams. So, you know we don't have ulterior motives. We don't think about like how are we gonna screw screw this team tonight. Uh, we go yeah. we go out there with the intention of doing the best we can, and. Um, yeah, sometimes you have an off night. Sometimes you just miss one call, um, you know, that ends up being huge. And, um, and I, you know, it wasn't intentional. It just, it does happen. And so that would probably be what I, that's, you know, that's what I would share. Hey, 
we're not out here because we're trying to control things or, or mess things up. We're trying to do the best job we can. And we actually have a lot of training. Sierra and I went to a summer camp um, over on the east side of the state with officials. We worked a bunch of um, we worked a bunch of different uh, contests over the summer. So we're doing things to try to to be better and better ourselves. Uh, we have meetings, weekly meetings, training meetings starting um, at the end of July every year. So there's a lot that goes into it that people don't realize. And, um, and yeah, we make mistakes, but we are trying the best we can. That, that's the gist of it. And most people do yeah. appreciate us. Mm -hmm. You know, they say thank you yeah. after the games and stuff. And so. Like, I got to think probably the person, if there was a bad call made, the person that takes it the hardest is probably you on the drive home. I, I would imagine you don't enjoy that aspect. And like you say, you don't have a vendetta out there to, to have so-and-so win. You're just, you don't want to fail at your job and you're trying to yeah. do the best you can. And, and it probably hurts you more uh, than it hurts anybody else when a bad call is made, knowing that ah, maybe I made a mistake there and, and you're probably going to think about it longer than anybody else. So, um, especially if it leads to points. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, Sierra and Jason, we appreciate you joining us here on the Treasure Valley Prepcast today. Learned a lot from you, and I'm uh, excited to see, uh, hope maybe see you guys later this year. I cover a lot of 1A uh, games in the state, and maybe uh, come playoff times, we'll, we'll bump into each other on the sidelines. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> thanks, Logan. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. How cool was that, Logan? That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. I don't know if, is there another father daughter, um, officiating combo in, in Idaho? Obviously no. In the, the Northwest, probably not. I, if it is, like I always say, please let us know. I, I enjoy being wrong. Um, but, uh, just what a unique situation and what, a, and like you said, and they said, uh, just a whole new group of people that can get involved looking at, uh, Sierra's leadership by stepping forward and doing this before anybody else. I think it's so great that she's already had younger girls, you know, basically look at her as yeah. an example and a role model. And again, a high school student, when I was in high school, like I barely yeah. had enough time to tie my shoes, let alone take on an, an officiating job. So, and, and she's a drum major for, yeah. for the Bora marching band too. I mean, just an impressive, uh, young woman. Sierra yeah. Is. Yeah. I definitely did not have the maturity at that age to do what she's doing and step in there and be able to, to take all that people are probably throwing at her uh, every Friday night. Yeah. And, and again, all the fans that are out there watching, just remember that maybe the next time you go to a game and you're thinking about yelling or saying something, remember these are, these are people, they're humans just like you and I. So, you know, maybe cut them a little bit of slack. So yeah, that was a great conversation, Logan. Uh, we will pivot and uh, start to talk about kind of what happened last week and what we're looking forward to this week. But first, let's take a break. You are watching the or listening to the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by DL Evans Bank. Uh, this is Community Banking. We'll be right back right after this break on IdahoSports.com. Wherever you are, DL Evans Bank is right there to help. From applying for loans to opening new accounts and signing documents, personalized service is just a video call away. This is Bank Live with D. Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. All right, we're back here on the uh, Treasure Valley Prepcast. Brandon Bainey with Logan Green. 
what what stood out to you last week? I mean, it was yeah. there was an it was of- it was a slow week everywhere. Yeah. It was uh, it just seemed like almost all the sports, soccer, volleyball, football were were all just kind of in stall mode. Maybe a mid season break for everybody. Um, but just just uh, one little tidbit before we get into football and volleyball. Uh, Horseshoe Bend, of course, won again, and uh, what you know, they're they're just on a roll. But Council won a set on them. They're the first team this season to win uh, to to win a set against them. So you know, it they didn't end up winning the the whole match, but they got one, and uh, I think that's something to build on to feel confident about to say, hey, we got them once. We had something going there, and uh, maybe we got something rumbling over here in Council. So. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, just another um, uh, tidbit that I saw, and, and we posted the picture to our social media pages. But So I'm a Panthers fan, obviously, and uh, Matt Paradis is the center for the Panthers. And then obviously Leighton Vander Esch is a linebacker for the Cowboys. So you had two 1A, D2, District 3 players playing each other in an NF starting for two different NFL teams with winning records in their division. I just awesome. And you, and honestly, <laughs> right now they're, they're probably the, the top two Idaho besides Taysom Hill, probably out of Highland. Um, but they're two of the better Idaho natives playing in the NFL. And they came from right here uh, in this conference. Uh, just, just a phenomenal effort um, by them. And, and when you say that, 1A football, uh, it's just 1A football. No, it's not. Look, you have two players starting right now in the NFL from this conference alone, the 1A D2 here in District 3. And just you can go anywhere. You can do anything if you put forth the effort. Yeah, that was really cool to see uh, after the game on Sunday. And, of course, yeah, we saw it all over, all over social media, too, where they signed each other's jerseys and, and exchanged them. So that, that was a pretty cool deal. There was really only one game of, of any consequence. I mean, the, all the games were kind of lopsided, except for uh, Fruitland was playing McCall Donnelly in the 3A Snake River Valley. And Fruitland won 24-14, to Logan. And now we think that Fruitland has the inside track to that yeah. third and final spot from District 3 in the 3A playoffs. Yeah, I think so. So if we we'll talk a little bit about this, like you said, there wasn't much going on. That was the closest game we had. Um, but Fruitland and McCall Donnelly, they're fighting for that third spot. So District Three is going to get three bids to the state tournament this year for three A. Um, it's pretty clear that Weezer and Homedale are getting one of those. Um, it's just de- just determining who's going to get the number one seed and who's going to have to play in the first round. You know, the number one team, whoever wins that game, they're going to get a buy. Uh, it's huge, but whoever plays in the second game or has to play in the first round, excuse me, if they win, it all gets reshuffled from there, and they probably end up the two seed anyways, but they'll have to play an extra game, so that'll be a big one. But it comes down to that third game, really. Um, Parma and Payette, unfortunately, just just probably um, kind of out of the mix um, right now. So it really came down to that, that Fruitland and – um, McCall Donnelly game and we saw Fruitland come away with the win there and uh, the next two games they have are Payette and Parma and if they're able to take care of business there but with those two teams they'll earn that spot whether or not they are able to beat Homedale or not they'll they'll have the only two losses while most likely McCall Donnelly will have three in conference so just that was a big game um, already it probably was a um, a decider in who's going to go to the state tournament this year. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, if we look at the schedule this week, again, it's a lighter schedule and maybe matchups that uh, on paper don't appear to be super close. Uh, there's two games that really stood out to me, Logan, um, and maybe there were more that stood out to you, but the big one that I'm looking at is in 2A where you have two top five teams playing, Nampa Christian traveling to Declo to play the Hornets in a non-conference matchup. Both teams are 5-1. and one. Nampa Christian ranked fifth in the, in the latest media poll, and Declo was ranked third. So. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those show-me games like Melba had going over to play Westside. Um, of course, Westside and Declo were the semifinalists, or were two of the semifinalists in 2A last year, and they played, I think it was 7-0, to 6-0. I was there for that game in Dayton. It was The snow was blowing this way. It was miserable cold, and I, I honestly thought Declo played the better game. Uh, Westside just had one a broken play that they ended up scoring on a 50 yard touchdown run. And, and it was just, that was the difference between Declo going to the state championship game and not. And I think that that Hornets team is really strong. They've beaten a couple three, a teams this year. Um, and so I think that's going to be a show me game for Nampa Christian. If they're able to win that game, I think they open up everybody's eyes. And I know I, I picked them to win uh, the conference over here, but this, this will probably open eyes around the state if they're able to come away with that win at Declo. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other game that really stood out to me is in the 1AD2 ranks where you've got Council traveling to Garden Valley. This is a matchup of two solid teams, and the winner of this game could be on the uh, inside track to probably a second-place finish behind, we think, Horseshoe Bend. Yeah, I think this probably is another one of those cutoff lines that like we talked about with with um, Gard- or with uh, Fruitland and McCall Donnelly. Right here, you get that, that second spot is probably in. Uh, the third spot possibly. Um, but clearly garden Valley has separated themselves from the bottom of the pack. We, we were kind of wondering how they would turn out with all, with all the turnover this year and they had gotten beat pretty handily by a couple teams, but, uh, they went tri Valley last week and, and handled the Titans there and they've, they did well against salmon river. So just need to come out in that game. We'll see how they, how they shake out. But like you said, I, I like counsel in that game. I think, uh, Lumberjacks have just been sliding under the radar so far this year. And I think it's their year to, they made the playoffs last year. And I think this year they'll be back uh, with the potential to maybe even win a game or two there. Yeah. This is going to be a big game because Logan, as I'm looking at the one AD two bracket district three does get three teams into the playoffs, but the second place team will get to host the third place team from district five and six, which right now looks like maybe water Springs. Uh, the third place team from district three would have to travel to play the second place team from district five and six. And that would be either Rockland and or North gym. And that is not a, yeah. it's not a game I would want to go travel to play. Yeah. Like that is a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, no, no diss to anybody, you know, that has to do anything, but I tell you, North gym having to go there. You don't want to do that. You don't want to go to Rockland and play on the road in the first round and getting a home game, having to have somebody come all the way over from that side of the state to you, it makes a big difference. And, you know, if you're council or garden Valley, you want to play at home. You want that home field advantage. You want them to have to come to you rather than having to go. That's a long drive. If you're council and you end up having to go to North gym, that is, six yeah. probably six and a half hours maybe even seven on uh, to, to go that far so you know it, it is a big game um i think you're already starting to see it uh playoff scenarios starting to play out and i think next week 
we're going to be able to really see some things as as we're getting down to the end of the regular season. I think the 22nd. So, I mean, there's only going to be two games left after this week. Um, yeah, so we're getting down to it where you can start putting a, a couple of puzzle pieces together. Yeah, next week we can really dive into the brackets if you want to and kind of look at potentially where teams will slot in and, and things like that. I think that'll be a lot of fun to do. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there anything else on the schedule that stands out to you, Logan, or any anything else you wanted to hit on before we wrap it up? Uh, just... I, I think if you look at the volleyball race in the 1AD1 level, Idaho City had a big, I, I think it upset win over Greenleaf. Greenleaf had just been on a roll, and they were able to uh, to upset them and keep it tight. I think they, they kept them within reach. They both have two conference losses now, so able to keep Greenleaf just at arm's length, uh, potentially able to get the second seat in that tournament, as right now it looks like Liberty Charter just kind of in the driver's seat there. But uh, it was just something I noticed this week as well that, um, that they that they're right there. That uh, that was a big win for them to keep um, keep in the race in the one eighty one level. Yeah, absolutely. There's about two weeks left in the regular season for volleyball, maybe three, depending on the size of your league. Soccer getting ready for districts um, as the regular season is pretty much over for most leagues in soccer and football. Of course, we still got two or three weeks uh, of regular season play, but uh, it's definitely the busy time of year, Logan. Uh, one segment we always do here on the treasure Valley prep cast is the three stars. I don't want to put yeah. them. Well, we didn't really talk about this in the production no. meeting, but no, I have them. And one okay. of them there is, is, um, excuse me, was the Idaho city volleyball team winning that game against Greenleaf? I think it was a big win for them uh, to be able to, like I said, keep them at arm's length. Um, and then I wanted to give another one to the to the Garden Valley football team uh, for their win uh, against Tri Valley. Like we said, that kind of puts them in that slot where they're probably going to end up in a in a playoff game, right? They they needed to win that game. That was kind of going in. We didn't. I, I kind of thought maybe it was a toss up, um, and they come away with a win there, a big win. And now they're 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 squarely in the playoff picture and have a chance to improve it even more uh, with a game at Council this week. Uh, and then finally, um, <laughs> the council volleyball team, I know they lost to horseshoe Bend, and horseshoe Bend, They don't count. We don't give them, we, we all know they're good. They're, they're just rolling. They're on a roll. Um, looking to make a trip, um, back to state this year, but council able to get that win, uh, just in one set. I think that'll boost their confidence and give them what they need, uh, to really push the Mustangs as the season goes along. So Idaho city got girls volleyball council volleyball, as well as garden Valley football. We're we're coming upon the distinct possibility that Tri Valley, the defending one A D two champs, don't make it to state because of the way Council and Horseshoe Bend are both playing. It's going to be really fun to watch those three teams duke it out in yeah. districts. Yeah, that'll be a great district tournament in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, again, we ran long. I feel I feel like we're always running yeah, sorry. long. No, that's fine because we had such great guests on this week. So that's yeah. That's no, fun. it was great to to talk to them. I hope I I'm at a game where they're at. I think most of my games are, it just depends. Maybe probably first round of the playoffs, there's a good chance or maybe second round, um, depending on, you know, teams that are here, but it'd be great to see, uh, Sierra or Jason on the sidelines at all. Yeah. And, and if, if you're a fan out there listening and, and you have a great story, like, like Sierra and Jason, yeah. that we were able to bring to you tonight a story that you feel isn't getting the attention, let us know. And we would, we would love to explore it and maybe potentially bring more guests on. Uh, you can send either one of us an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com or Logan at IdahoSports.com. You can find us on Twitter as well at Brandon underscore Bainey and 
Uh, Logan, you're what at LPG? It's Idaho Sports LPG. Okay, at yeah. Idaho Sports LPG. Okay, so either way, you know, if they're if you're out there listening, you're like, this would be a good story, or this is something that would be yeah. fun to talk about. Let us know. Yeah, definitely, we'd love to to talk about whatever we can. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Treasure Valley Prepcast. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody, as the, the fall sports season rapidly uh, hitting the stretch drive. I can't even believe it. So we'll have plenty to talk about on next week's show. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, presented by D.L. Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. We'll see you next week.